If you look at it from a very objective monetary standpoint, like I said, you look and feel like you're failing because you're not, you're not even close to breaking even. But like I said, this is ups and downs. I have bad days where I am like crying and I feel like I'm failing and I'm never gonna get out of this black hole. <laughs> but I also have good days that I'm like, the value that I am gaining from all of the things that I am learning from being a business owner far outweighs the black hole, in my opinion. You know, like I've, I'm learning so much. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion. And discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestroized. Three, two, one. Hello, friends, Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, I have with me a first-time podcast guest. She's the first time, it's the first time she's on this podcast, and also the first time she's been on any podcast, so I'm stoked about that. She's in my uh, Maestro Mafia, and actually, I first met her years ago, back when I was still a practicing clinician and I was going to CSM and speaking for, for Rock Tip, representing Rock Tip. And she was just a very familiar face in the crowd. I, to this day, I still believe that she looks like Drew Barrymore. I'll let you be the judge of that. But each year I'd go back and I was like, there she is again and would just call her Drew. Fast forward a few years, she's been in my intensive, she's been in my mafia and we had a dinner the other night and she was like, you know what I'd like to hear on the podcast? I'd like to hear from people who are in the trenches right now. They're in the beginning phases and, and things are tough. She's like, I, I really value hearing from people that, that have gone past that, people that are thriving, people that have built the, built the businesses and they're established. But what about people in the beginning? Because this shit is hard. And I was like, dude, you're right. I have not done a good job of that. And quite frankly, when I started this podcast, that was my goal was to bring on average people doing extraordinary things at all phases of doing those extraordinary things in the very beginning phases as well. And I was like, shit, I really haven't done the best job of that. So Drew Barrymore, would you like to volunteer as tribute? And she was like, I will gladly do it. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Dr. Sarah Doan. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I still am like doctor sometimes. Yeah. You know. are weird. You know, I also think too, the physical therapy world makes you have mixed feelings about like being a doctor versus not yes. being a doctor and yes. wearing that title, not wearing it, which we can get into, but I have found that I've kind of fallen out of love with physical therapy for many reasons, but, uh, that's why I'm kind of here now doing my own thing. 100% we will talk about that because, you know, you even changed your Instagram handle, which in my, you know, how I live my life, I'm like, that's a big deal. That's a very, very big deal. Yeah. So we'll definitely get into that. Can you maybe a good host and back it up for people? Can you just give us a, 
a little or a long, whatever you want bio as it relates to your PT experience, kind of your background and then, and then going through PT school and then we'll bring it up to where you are now. Yeah. I, um, went through PT school. I graduated PT school in 2018. Um, so I guess I'm, st- I don't even know what new grad is, but I, I don't know I'm either. Still like considered know. a baby PT. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to be a PT since I was in high school. I mean, it's like the typical story, right? Like I got injured, had surgery, loved my PT and said, oh, I want to do this for people. Like I want to be this person for people going through things that I'm going through. And so I knew from like the age of 16 that this is what I wanted to do, which I considered myself super lucky. So I went through, did PT school. I loved being in PT school. I loved the stuff that I was learning. Um, I loved the rotations that I was on, my professors. I had a really great experience in PT school. And I was like, yeah, this is like totally what I want to do. But I knew that while I was in school that I didn't want to be like in a PT mill, right? Which I think probably most people think that. Yeah. And I told myself that I wouldn't let myself do that. And so I got hired on um, my first year out after I graduated boards um, to a private practice. Um, but the private practice operated similarly to a PT mill. I mean, totally. I thought that like I would be hired on with this private practice and it would be a lot more like freedom and autonomy. And it like was not that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a smaller scale. The old bait and switch. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, okay. I got got on that one. Um, and then, you know, of course I was, I think I met you, I don't know, whenever, uh, 2000, I think 2017 actually was the first time we met. Um, I was a fan girl though. Like I was a lurker. <laughs> Everybody's lurking. Everybody's lurking. So if you're out That's there, why I do this, it for the lurkers, man. Exactly, I'm a lurker. Everybody's lurking. Like it's okay if you're listening and you're a lurker of whoever, whatever. So is everybody else. It's okay. Right. It's fine. So um, I did that for two and a half years. In the beginning, I really liked it. Um, and then management and the owner of the clinic got switched. And then, I mean, I was seeing. So like, I had two days a week that I was working. You know, eight a.m. to 7 p.m. Jesus. And I was seeing anywhere from 25 to 30 patients. And it was, I mean, I, man, it was, it was rough. And then of course it was, everything was on a bonus system. And, um, I don't know. I just got to the point where I hated being there. I, you know, you always know that it's a red flag when you're sitting there in the clinic and you are hoping with everything in your soul that your next patient does not walk through the door. Yes. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore because that is just not fair. Yes. It's just not fair. So it's not fair to me. It's not fair to my patients. It's not fair to my colleagues. I mean, like, it's just not fair to anybody. 100%. So I was like, okay, I need to take a step back from this. Um, and wanted to do more of like my own thing. I thought for a while I wanted to open a cash pay or, you know, private pay business or cash pay, I guess. Um, But then I realized I like coaching so much more. I just like writing workouts for people and like exercising with people. I don't know. I just don't like the traditional PT 
I didn't really realize how much I didn't like PT until I listened to actually your podcast with um, Sean. Oh, cool. Dr. And Sean, Sean Pastuch. Yeah. And he was like, you know, a lot of people like, I don't know how ready people are to admit that like, maybe you just don't like being mm -hmm. a physical therapist. And I was like, yeah, shit, I just don't fucking like being yeah. a physical therapist. So um, I started my business in... <laughs> this is funny. Um, I originally wrote in my bio to you that I started my business in July of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me fact check myself because I just don't, you know, I don't want to lie. Like nobody's going to look anyway. Like nobody's going to go back and be like, when did Sarah actually open her business? But I just wanted to, you know, fact check myself. Totally. I actually like announced it in May of 2021. But I announced it one time and did not talk about my business again until July, which is why I was thinking that I opened it in July. Okay. Um, so I guess first lesson on the podcast is to talk about your shit. <laughs> there you it is. Talk about it once every three months because then nobody's going to know. There it is. Uh, it's but hard. Then it, it, it is. And we can get into that. Um, but my first client was in August, which was really oh. exciting. Yes. And, and that's fast. Well, you know, I've been trying to think about it and, you know, I know you always talk about, you know, 18 months and I really started, I started posting on Instagram in 2020, mm -hmm. like when the pandemic happened, Yep. you know, Corona was like kind of a blessing in disguise for me because when it slowed down, I realized how overworked I really was. Yeah. Um, totally. I think that happened for a lot of people. Totally. Totally. Um, and then I realized that like, this is not the life for me anymore. Um, but I started posting in like 2020, but it was like really not good. <laughs> there were no, like there were no titles on my videos. There was no captions. Like basically there were just videos of me, like doing all of these random exercises with like really no substance to it. Um, and then like slowly got better at it and, um, really, you know, with my messaging and kind of what I really want to get across to people, I say I've been doing for probably about a year. With okay. This. What is it that you really want to get across to people? What I really want to get across to people is that number one, you can have multiple goals. Um, number two, that like everybody needs to do some sort of strength training. I think that's like my main thing. Um, and like that, that's very relative. Um, you know, my goal might be to deadlift 405 pounds, but that might not be your goal. Shante. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, so, you know, and, but everybody needs to have some sort of strength training, some sort of, um, program that suits their goals and what they need. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've just had so many people come to me that like, you know, things fail because their coaches or their physical therapists or their trainers just like really aren't even listening to them and yeah. what they want and need. Um, I mean, I've had so many people tell me that, oh yeah, I had this coach or I had this trainer and they wanted me to do 
really heavy lifting and like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah, I want to do, fun. you know, this type of workout or I want to do that, or I don't even have that heavy of weights at home and I'm not interested in buying more weights. And to me, like, that's fine. You know, whatever works for you works for you. You need to, um, whatever workout is going to be sustainable is something that you like to do and you shouldn't have to force yourself to do something that you absolutely hate. hundred percent. Which is 100%. also why I think it's okay to have multiple go- goals, right? 100%. So. 100%. Now, with this, and two big things you're saying, multiple goals are okay, and strength training for all. Why do you feel that PT, as a title perhaps, didn't fit or doesn't fit? I mean, for, there's just a lot of a lot of reasons for that. I think as physical therapists, nobody really knows, like if you just went to physical therapy school and like didn't do anything else, like nobody truly knows how to program a real workout. Totally. Totally. Agree. One million percent. And I, I couldn't stand that. I actually got to the point in the clinic where like my patients were making fun of me. Like you're having me doing sets of five and reps of eight and only two reps here, this many reps here. Like, why is all of my workouts so different? And why am I not just doing, I literally had people say to me, why am I not just doing three sets of 10? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, going into, you know, progressive overload and stimulus and like, this is what it takes to grow. This is what it takes to be strong. This is what it takes to put on muscle. This is what it takes to prevent injury. Um, in the future and get your tendons strong after your injuries and support your joint after your surgery. Like these are the things that we have to do. Like three Did those sets people of 10. care? What? Did those people care? Like when you were telling them this stuff, which is no. all bomb, did they care? Or are they like, so? No. And then not, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I am one of those people too, that I'm just like, I, cannot let my patients walk out of the clinic if they don't know what the hell is going on. And so I will sit there and expend all of this energy. And then I walk away and I'm like, I don't even think they gave a shit about what I just said. Yeah, that part. (laughs) Would you say that part of the desire to switch the label is to attract a demographic that cares? Yeah, I do. And I also think like part of the reason why I switched my label is people have an idea in their head about physical therapy. And I wanted to go beyond that. And I didn't want to be held in a box of like uh, somebody's traditional definition of what a physical therapist is. So totally. That um, makes total sense. That makes total sense that, you know, it was Sean's episode. Courtney, if you could link that, thank you. Uh, it makes total sense that it was Sean's episode. He actually did a post today about that and how he, so Sean's a chiropractor. If you folks didn't listen to that episode and he's a co-founder of active life and he switched the name of things. His post today was basically that you will be judged by the public based on their preconceived notions and conceptions of typically what the worst of your kind is based on that Mm -hmm. name. So Mm -hmm. 
he had two, you know, fields that he was in. One was chiropractic. And so he found mm-hmm. himself being like, I'm not, I'm a chiropractor, but not that kind of chiropractor, not what you're thinking. And then he owned a CrossFit box and he was like, I own a CrossFit box, but not the kind that you're thinking. And mm-hmm. and it sounds like with you, though, you just like, you get sick of being like, I'm a PT, but not like what you think and not like yellow therabands. And you have all of this like backtracking and kind of de- trying to like de-educate somebody. And that's like, that ain't it. That ain't, that doesn't sound fun. Well, and I have encountered so many people, like friends and family and, and you know, people that I, um, you know, am trying to work with or am trying to, you know, not kind of market myself to or trying yeah. to help out with like exercises, just, you know, people that I know and they are, they have this preconceived notion about like TheraBands and they have all these horrible experiences of like, oh, I played football in college and tore my labrum, had surgery. And when I went to PT, they made me do those crawly things up the wall for like four months and my shoulder never got better. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like I, you know, and you get, I mean, it is like Sean's, it's like guilty by association. You yeah. just get like wrapped into the preconceived notions of like the worst experiences that people had. And I'm like, you know, I just don't want, I can't keep fighting that. Like, why do I have to keep explaining how different I am? Let's just change my label and like kind of change my definition of what I'm doing and how people see me. So I don't have to spend so much time and energy, like reteaching everybody what I am or am not. Totally. So now the time and energy gets to go into trying to acquire clients and being in the trenches. What is that like? Dude, it is. Be honest. Give it to us. It is so hard. I mean, like the hardest part about owning a business is selling yourself. I mean, marketing myself and selling myself, it is so hard. I actually, um, full disclosure, full honesty, because I want people to know this, right? Like I'm in the trenches with you. Like I'm actually going back to counseling, like therapy and counseling so I can like talk through my shit because there are like deep things that are just like holding me back from knowing my worth and being confident in my worth Mm -hmm. and my value and what I can give people, right? So I'm like, it is hard, like so fucking hard. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Absolutely. it's just, there's a, there's a lot of ups and downs for sure. Um, I feel like I, I was like talking about this in the mafia, but you know, I, I oh, like that constant feeling of like, you're not ever doing enough or mm-hmm. you're failing people or you're failing yourself or you're failing your loved ones. And then, you know, you have this idea, like this is, Another thing about like managing, I mean, I could go on, but managing your expectations, you're managing your expectations, right? Like you have, like when I, I swear to God, this is hilarious. Okay. When I first started and I opened up my business, I was telling my husband, like, this is what I'm going to do. And he was like, okay, yeah. And I had this, I had the plan. I had the business plan. I had everything laid out perfectly. And he was like, okay, well, how many clients do you think you're going to get? in the first, you know, month that you open, I said to him confidently, at least five to 10. I mean, I like the confidence. Okay. Okay. And then I quickly realized that like, "Mm, nope. Okay. No, that's not how that. Sarah, was there, so I want to back it up though. 
you started, but you had left a clinic. Were you physically near that that clinic still? Was I know? Like, did you sign a non compete? I know you're not going to poach clients, but you had a job. Was there any way that what you had built there could translate into your own thing? Yeah, I mean, I do keep in contact with um, some of the patients that I've had um, in the past, and I, you know, keep you know a relationship with those people, and I talk to them every now and then, and they'll comment on my stuff. And um, I had a couple of them participate in like my little stuff challenge that I had okay. in January, and and that sort of thing. And um, so I do. I, there is a way that I could capitalize on it. Cool. Just wanting. I'm I'm trying to piece the the story together and and thinking of things in real time with the audience as well. I want to give everyone a full picture and and ideas and just literally teasing things out with you as we go. So back to you. You have the plan. You have the idea. And eight to ten or five to ten clients first month. Where were you anticipating getting them from? So I was mostly on Instagram. Okay. So what happened was I was, I was posting, um, and I was getting messages all the time about like, Oh, my shoulder, this, my ankle, that my girlfriend's ankle, my back. What do you think about my wrist? This elbow thing that I've been having and neck pain. I was getting messages all the time. And finally I was like, Oh man, I'm getting so many messages. So many people are like interested in what I'm doing. So these people like when I, I, again, it's the managing the expectations, right? Like I thought that when I said, Oh, I'm doing this thing and you can actually pay me and I will help you. Um, I thought that people were going to jump on it and mm-hmm. they did not actually mm-hmm. my DMS like went totally silent. Like mm-hmm. after I was talking about my business and how people can pay me and work with me, uh, there were like crickets in my DMs for a long time. And I was like, what the heck? Is Look at that. Why do you think that is? I have thoughts, but I want I really want to hear from you in this podcast. Why do you think that is? I truly don't know. I mean, I, I when people were messaging me, I was giving them feedback and I was giving them advice and like some exercises they that might help, right? Like yeah, this is general medical stuff. advice, but yeah. yeah, general stuff like this might help you and this and that. And, um, and I don't know, I, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. I'll be Super honest with you. I truly don't know. The people that were messaging you, who were they? Strangers, people you knew, were they friends, family? They were people I knew. Interesting. Had you worked with them in before or? No. These, I mean, they were just messaging me because I had been, you know, putting up all of these videos since 2020. Um, I would say maybe one or two of them were people that I really didn't know. I mean, and some of them I was like, I think this is like a spam. So I'm not even going to like, I'm not, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to delete it. Because, you know, you go to somebody's profile and they have like zero followers and you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, that was only a couple people though, but like most everybody that was most everybody that was messaging me are people that I knew, like yeah, I, you know, were like grew up around me and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is like I love that you're bringing this up because this is a very real experience and and something that people should be aware of that. Lots of people like to sign up for stuff or talk about stuff or opt to do stuff or reach out for stuff when it's free. And when a price tag gets put on it, 
suddenly things change. I know for me as a PT, like during holidays, it wouldn't be fun because you go home and you're around your family and like everybody has some back pain or some sciatic that they call or some shit. And, but you know, they're not actually going to do anything about it. Like I could tell you something, but you realistically, you just want to complain to me. I'm not sure that you actually want help more than you want to just have someone acknowledge that, yeah, you have this thing. So this is a very, very real thing that happens. And what happened next then? So you put, you opened the business because, or you gave people a way to pay you because mm -hmm. people were asking, soliciting your services. So you gave them a way to pay you. The DMs and such kind of went cold. What happened next? I, I mean, I just kept, I just kept going. Um, Good girl. I, I mean, I, I, I got a part-time job like at a gym because I was like, well, clearly like I'm making zero monies and also like nobody's interacting with me. So yeah. um, I, you know, went part-time at a gym and just kept posting and posting. And then I did the hip mobility workshop in October, okay, November, Ooh, October. That was before the steps thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was in October, 2021. So six months ago. It goes fast. Yeah. And the reason I did the hip mobility workshop, and I think I talked about this in the mafia a little bit, like I really didn't want to do the hip mobility workshop. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really not my thing that I really like to talk about, but I knew that people who were following me, this was a, I, <clears throat> this was a common complaint. Like I felt okay. like I was having enough people say like, responding to an like a hip exercise that I posted or there was somebody that I knew in person that constantly talked about like their hip range of motion sucked and you know etc so mm -hmm. I was like let me do this thing because I know that the people who follow me and actually interact with me pretty frequently have this thing because mm -hmm. um, I was you know like I said I sorry I'm gonna back up a little bit yeah go go, go when go. I you know, announced my business in May and July and whatever. Um, I had one paying client in August and then I was pretty quiet and then slowly people were getting back into it. Like I felt like I was getting a lot more interaction and I felt confident to do the hip mobility workshop because I was getting enough interactions on a daily basis that I felt like I could get a couple people. Gotcha. And my expectation with that was like five people. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, okay, I think I, I had like five or six people in my head that I was like, I think that these people are going to buy this because they talk about this thing. Um, so I had two people buy and show up live for the workshop. And then I had two people by the replay. Okay. So almost hit your number. So I was excited about that. Yeah. At the at the time, I will say at the time I was slightly disappointed. Again, it's about managing expectations. Yeah. Like even though I had five in my head, I was like secretly like hoping that like maybe more will show up. For sure. We have the and, stretch goal. Yeah. And um so like at the time I was like, oh, that's okay. But now looking back, I'm like, that's like really, really good. Yes. Or um, you know, that. really talking about my thing in July and then being able to score four people for a workshop in October. So yes, dude, so, I have a question. I want to back it up because you just mentioned it. Uh, why do you think you didn't feel comfortable or what was it that stopped you from talking about 
your business from between May and July? And then what got you to start talking about it in July? I, I, I think that part of it is just kind of, I don't want to say forgetting, but like being so focused on other things that it just kind of like slips your mind and you're like, oh, I talked about it. And then you kind of convince yourself that you talked about it enough. And then you look back and then in July, like I looked back and I was like, oh crap, like I really have not been talking about this at all. Plus probably, honestly, probably a big part of it was probably the mafia. Like I probably went to a mafia dinner and you probably said something along the lines of like, you need to talk about your shit. And I was like, oh shit, I haven't talked about my shit since like three months ago. Goes by fast. I should probably, right. It's a really, really good lesson that you just shared there, Sarah. Like you will think that you're, sharing or talking about something a lot, especially because you're on the inside, you see it, you are the one posting it, you're the one writing. But if you flip it and actually look at it, it's really not that much. And it goes by so fast. Like something, sometimes you'll be like, oh yeah, like just sent an email. And it was actually like a month ago or 12 days ago. And you know, 12 days may not seem like a lot, but if you're like, I'm trying to keep to a weekly schedule, like things get away from you and the days and the months go by fast. So that's an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly valuable lesson. So what got you to start talking about in July? A mafia meeting, you think? Or was there anything else? If I had to, I don't remember any specific moment, but if I had to guess, because at that time I had re-upped my, because remember I stopped my mafia membership Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. last year because- yeah and we were having it I mean oh my god last year this time was a mess like I actually stopped posting on Instagram Mm -hmm. and everything for like a couple of months and what happened by the way (laughs) people like messaged me and they're like where are you are you okay Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god people are listening yeah (laughs) it was crazy I was and at the time like I wasn't like talking about a business I wasn't you know, really doing anything substantial. I don't know from my perspective, but clearly it was speaking to people because I got DMs like, "You okay? Where are you been?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm dying!" No, I'm <laughs> I really was like almost dying though, but it's fine. Oh, Sarah. Um. So I think if I had to guess, it I re-upped my mafia membership and there was probably like a mafia meeting that you said, talk about your shit. And I was like, Oh shit. Was there, and I know this was, again, this is last year, but you can't, you've said before about, you know, going to therapy and so that you can move forward with things. What do you feel? What did you feel? Or perhaps what do you feel when you go to talk about your stuff? How does that, what, what is that like? When uh, when I talk about my stuff, I feel cringe. Ah, <laughs> like yeah. straight up, I just feel like, Ugh, why? why am I like why am I pushing this on people? And then I think, you know, logically, I think about the people that I follow, and like this pops up for me, like it stands out in my mind. Like LCK mm-hmm. talks about her stuff every single flipping day, every day. every day. It's in her stories. It's in her posts, like every single day. And it doesn't annoy me. Yeah. Like if anything, I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, LCK. Like you're killing it. Like you're doing Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, but then when it comes to myself, I'm like, I feel cringe. I'm like, ooh, why am I, why am I talking about myself so much? 
Has that gone down? So, you know, there's been some ups and downs with like your frequency and things like that. But do you feel that that is overall trending? We'll say trending negative, meaning that you're feeling less cringe about sharing things? Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I feel less cringe about sharing about my services. I think, you know, doing the hip mobility workshop um, really helped me figure out that like you have to talk about it. And then doing that and then the step challenge and then doing the shoulder workshop that I did somewhere along the lines, I think it was definitely during the step challenge and into the shoulder workshop that I did in February, I just got to a point that I was like, fuck it. Like there it is. Do it. Like there it is. I just forced myself to do it. Like almost to the point where I was like closing my eyes, hitting the share button. Like, okay. Just, just, do yes. it, you know, and then like putting my phone down and pretending that it never happened, but just doing it. I'm here and- for it. <laughs> I am so here for that. And I love that that is one that you're, you're so transparent about that, but anyone that's listening to this, I'm sure that there are plenty of people listening to this nodding their head. And if they're not nodding their heads yet, cause they're still on the beginning side of that, take Sarah's word, take my word and then take action because on the other side of that action is, you know, the case of the fuckets where you're like, it's fuck it, it's fine. I got to do this. This is part of it. And yeah. it becomes part of the routine and everything feels less, uh, you know, has less weight and less gravity and less importance. And the business is less precious. And you're just like, all right, this is part of it. And that cringe does, for if you have it, does absolutely decrease. And I've watched that with you, Sarah. I, I so... For some of the people that I coach, some people that I interact with, some of the people that I push, I will then go and like sign up for their email lists because I want to make sure they're sending shit out and that they're doing shit. So I'm on Sarah's list and I can see it. Another person I think about is JPV, right? Jessica Patch and Bunch. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I watch as your your confidence and your comfort level, at least your for my perspective, comfort level improves or increases as you keep doing more of these things where would you say you're at now with it are you medium cringe i feel like i'm medium cringe i still like because i've made a like a goal for myself or i don't want to say like a vow but kind of like a promise to myself that i need to talk about my coaching services at least once a week love it so i i love it make a post about it. And I just did this yesterday, but it's still like the same thing where I'm like, okay, well, I'm feeling better about it, but it's still like, like kind of medium. I would say medium. I like it. That is uh, realistic. And I I never would want someone to be like, and you shouldn't feel like that at all. Cause that's like weird. That's, that's no, it's it's, it's just, you know, I I, I don't know. It does get better though. I will say that like, especially I think about the type of emails that I was sending last year and what I'm sending now. Um, I definitely feel more confident. And I mean, I feel a lot more confident writing emails That's just awesome. because I've been writing weekly emails for the past year. There it is. So like, I mean, it really is like, it, I mean, if you're listening to this, it truly, truly is just like doing, just doing it, like doing, like being consistent with it and just doing it over time. Like the only thing that's going to make it better is the time. And, um, yeah, I'm still in right. the trenches, but like in the process 
I, I mean, I can't believe I really have grown so much in the past year, yeah. um, which is exciting for future endeavors. Yes. It's tough um, being in it now, though. I want to circle back to that because the reality is there it's a both and, right? Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is so much growth. There's personal growth. Mm-hmm. There's business growth. Jill always says it like you want to learn something about yourself, start a business. It's going to hold up a mirror. There is so much uh, confidence that's gained. There's proficiency and mastery that occurs with, you know, writing and and being able to convey your ideas and communicate your ideas. But that's great if it's a hobby. But if we like look at the IRS definition of things, like when we start, we got to start looking at money and mm-hmm. making an income. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk to me? And I want you to. I'm going to give you a free reign, riff with it, run with it. What is it like on that side or with that front of like, yeah, but I'm not making a zillion dollars or like, this is really, this is only bringing in X amount of monies. Where's your head with that? How does that feel? Talk to me. It's ups and downs. I mean, it's kind of like with everything else. You think to yourself that, you know, if you look at things strictly from a monetary standpoint, you look and feel like you're failing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the term is. If you're in the red or the black, whatever the bad <laughs> part is. And you're like really deep in that. And you're like, Oh God. And I just did my taxes. Uh, Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. good on you. you. Did them yourself? Oh no, no. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. The lady at the lady at H and R block did them. But the reason <laughs> we picked her was be- last year was because yeah, she did them because I was like, I'm not touching this shit. Um, she helps people who are like small business owners Got with it. their stuff. So went back to her and she was so helpful. And like, I actually felt better walking out of there, even though the numbers are scary. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is, is like when you're running an online business, your overhead is pretty small, yep. right? Like you're, you have minimal bills. Um, yeah. And you know, that all is gets written off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, if you look at it from a very objective monetary standpoint, like I said, you look and feel like you're failing because you're not, you're not even close to breaking even, not even close. Right. But I think, and like I said, this is ups and downs. I have bad days where I am like crying and I feel like I'm failing and I'm never going to get out of this black hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I also have good days that I'm like, the value that I am gaining from all of the things that I am learning from being a business owner um, far outweighs the black That's hole, awesome. in my opinion. You know, like I've, awesome. I'm learning so much about who I am, uh, who I want to be, all of the technology stuff, how to grow in so many different ways. So, I mean, like I said, it's good days and bad days for sure. Um, that's kind of where my head is right now. Yeah. I think I'm also kind of on an upswing because I have two clients right now, which hey. makes me feel like I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So that's cool. Like that. I mean, Look it's also this. like really weird. You know, I feel like when I'm like as a business owner, you know, like I said, you have those downswings, but I feel like every single time I'm in a downswing, I get either a client inquiry or I get like, because I send out so many free 
uh, workout plans mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. people like family members and friends mm-hmm. are like, yeah, yeah, have thing. And I'm like, here, just like take these 20 exercises and do them. And then just let me know, like, if you need anything, mm-hmm. cause I'm just like, I just want to get the reps in and I just, I'm doing so much shit for free, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I feel like, you know, when I'm really in a downswing, I get a really nice email or a really nice text of like, Hey, I've been doing this and I feel awesome. awesome. And I'm like, okay, well it's worth it. Like, awesome. So Sarah, those two clients you have now, where are they from? Family, friends, Instagram, just out of curiosity. Family and friends. They're people I know. Love it. From back home. Yeah. That's how it starts, folks. We know this. It took me about uh, three years to make that meme, but I finally made it. The uh, Samantha sex yeah. in the city talking to Smith Jared. And she says in that, famous scene first come the gays then the girls then the industry for us it's first comes your family then your friends then the industry aka the strangers so i love exactly what sarah is doing and reaching out to people she knows offering services to people that she knows that is how it starts and the timeline that she's giving you is so real like sarah i can't thank you enough for for being willing to do this and and come on and share this because I work with a lot of people, I hear from a lot of people, and I know the numbers from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This is very, very, very standard, which mm-hmm. is also why I created what I've created, right? So I have the mafia and I have the intensive, and the intensive is six weeks long because I know people are going to need months and months and months and months to keep doing the thing. So I'm like, listen, I'm not going to make you pay me for months and months and months. Let's get this thing done. Let's find the foundation, establish the foundation. Then you go and do it. I made the mafia a low price point for the same reason, because building an, building a business, especially in my opinion, an online business is so fucking hard and it's mm-hmm. slow in mm-hmm. person. I don't want to say that in person is easier, but you can at least like go and walk and like talk to somebody and look to network directly. It's a little bit harder in the online space and there can be a little bit more of that waiting game for things, right? Even if you are going to pitch yourself, at least in the in-person, you can pitch yourself. Maybe you can like, if you're a PT or a trainer, you can like deliver your services directly to that person online. People are kind of like want to see your clout. They want to see how many followers you have, something like that. And so there's this game of like, I just got to get my foot in the door and like someone that believes in me. So I'm I'm so grateful that you're being so transparent about this because this is the standard, in my opinion, this is the the typical standard trajectory for things. I posted 2020 to 2021 for a whole year. I announced my business in May 2021. Got my first client in August. Crickets until last month. And now I have two clients. So if that gives people maybe a little bit like better that's legit uh, idea like i mean i was crickets from august to february and duke to clarify during that time august to you know current clients mm-hmm. we're still showing up and still posting and and mm-hmm. doing what we're doing now correct yeah yeah um i do my best to do posts once a day sometimes i lag and then i'll be like oh well i'll just make up with it next week and just do two posts every single day and then like everything will average out um and i did the hip mobility workshop in october then i did a challenge in january and the shoulder workshop in february so i mean i was still posting and still like talking about things and i will say too like the more 
I, I mean, in the past like three months, my engagements have been really great in terms okay. of like DM conversations. Okay. Um, that's the Wait. other thing too. Social media is so hard because of and freaking yep. algorithms. You don't have control. I hate Instagram. You have no control. Okay. No control. I okay. I was in a posting slump. I don't know, a couple months ago or something. And I was, and I never look at my numbers. I never look at my insights because there's just, yeah, uh, in my opinion, why. there's yeah. really no reason to. Yeah. Um, but I was looking because I was like, oh, let me look to see what people saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that yep. whatever they saved, then that means that they found that helpful. Yep. And we'll just recreate it. Totally and like, make more of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I found a post that was saved last year had 56 saves i remade it i in my opinion way better because it was like i have you know now i have the iphone i don't have a samsung so I have the iPhone <laughs> like i have like done i'm doing really well with reels in my opinion right so I'm like oh this is like so much better quality so much better like clearer on my message i got like two likes and zero saves yep. like Yep. So the algorithm yep. doesn't, it's just like, don't even pay attention. <laughs> Amen. That is the truth of the truth. I, when I'm launching something, typically the intensive, I'll just repurpose posts. It's easier, but yeah. you, I will 100% see that where I know how well that post did. Cause I usually just copy it to repost it and it will do a fraction of, you know, what it did before. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things with, with Instagram. Uh, and I've said it before, if you're playing a game in which luck I'm very whistly today, folks. Sorry. If you're playing a game in which luck and and uh, timing play a big role or can have a big impact on the outcome, your best bet is simply to always be playing. It's not to try mm-hmm. and figure it out because it's like it happens when it happens and the other times it doesn't happen. And it's like that exactly what Sarah just laid out for you. That is the whole fucking truth. It's like sometimes you hit it big and sometimes you go home with a whole bunch of nothing. A hundred, (laughs) one hundred percent. So actually I got a question for you then. The Mm -hmm. the clients you have, you announced the business in July, in May slash July. You announced it as coaching. You announced it as PT. What did you announce it as? And what are your clients? Are are you training them? Are you doing PT? What, What is it? Oh, it's so interesting. This is a really good story. I love this story actually. Um, I posted um as coaching and okay. i think at the beginning it was confusing for people um because everybody knew me as a physical therapist mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. but i posted about coaching and my first client is somebody that i know um i know her and her mom and they're like distant family members mm-hmm. and her mom reached out to me and was like hey like so and so just had knee surgery and you know she needs somebody to help her with like exercises and you know this and that and I was like okay well I was heartbroken because yeah I wanted to work with her right like she's my ideal client young athletic knee surgery like perfect but I'm like I don't do PT and what it sounds like is she needs PT 
And I went back and forth and I was like, oh my God, do I tell her no? Do I say yes? But if I say yes, I risk losing my license. I risk losing trust with these people because what if they go back and try to, you know, do an insurance claim and I'm not doing PTs, you know, and like, I'm not even licensed in that state. So I was like, I can't do this. And I messaged her. I sent her this whole long message. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I hate turning you down. I was crying. I was like yeah. bawling my eyes out. I was like, I am so sorry. Like, I can't do it. Wow. I'm not practicing physical therapy. Da, da, da. She wrote back to me, Sarah, I don't care what you do. I yes. trust you. And I want you to work with my daughter. I will pay you for your services. I'm not expecting to get a refund from my insurance. I will pay you for what you do. I don't care. Yes. So and, back back it up for me for a second. Mm -hmm. I got to understand what, what made you make this decision? Like you were worried about losing your light? Like what? This well, is so what, perfect. So what I was worried about was her thinking, I had said to her, like, I, I'm not doing physical because I thought she was looking for physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing physical therapy. I said, I can, you know, once maybe she's past like the rehab point of things, like I will gladly work with her and I will, you know, write her a bomb ass workout program for her to get back into whatever athletics she wants to get into. But in terms of like actual, cause she had ACL surgery. Okay. And I was like, in terms of like physical therapy stuff, like I'm not doing that. I'm not even licensed in Ohio. So like I can't okay. do physical therapy like virtually. Right. And like if she wanted to go back to her insurance, file like a claim for out of or for like out of network, like my mind was going everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's what she wanted. <laughs> that part well, there, that right? there was a little mis you know, not miscommunication, but yeah. Yes. Okay. And so that, that was like my, that was my train of thought. And she like messaged me back. She was like, no, I don't care. Like I'm paying you for your services, whatever, whatever you charge, I will pay you because I trust you and I want you to work with her. God. There was like no expectation beyond that. And I, yes. like, I was so moved, so excited, freaking pumped. Like, I, I mean, you can't get, like, it's not any more perfect than that. And so that was the first. That was my first, yeah. Okay. I want to have a better first. What was that? Said you can't have a better first. No, that's like, that was, I, and I want to, I want to go back because actually this, this links the episode nicely, loops the episode nicely. One of the things you talked about in the beginning and the reason you became a coach uh, or you wanted to kind of switch to that, that, that domain is because you, you've heard and you know that it exists when there's plenty of PTs, there's plenty of coaches as well that are out there that, want more for their clients than the client wants. So they're not listening to what the client wants. This mm -hmm. is a perfect example of not that you weren't listening, yeah. but you, we didn't have a moment to be like, what do you actually want? want. What do you actually yeah. want? And, you know, I want to validate this because I do believe that for the majority of physical therapists out there, their minds immediately go to, I'm going to get sued. Like something bad's going to happen. Like no matter what, it's not like, oh, could I help this person? Mm -hmm. We're like by default. And you said this earlier in the episode as well. Like by default, we have, a, we feel some kind of way about being called doctor. We feel some way kind of way about like bending rules to help people because like mm -hmm. immediately the first thing we think of is that we're going to get sued. Even though all my, our, our malpractice insurance is like one money's because we don't get right. sued. But that's where, that's where it goes. A hundred percent. So like your story is so, so much of the truth. And I know there are other people out there 
going through this and wondering and like, where does the line and what do I do? And how do I blur it? And like, this is a, you had a perfect fit of a client or patient client, we'll call it client. And you were willing to give that up. Like this is very real, very real. It is. And it's, it's sad. It's really sad because it really shouldn't be that way. You know, it's really unfair. And I I mean, I, we can, I, I won't go into it because I could go about it all day long, but the physical therapy world, it just pisses me off. So we're, so she's moving away from it. So you had the first client and you took her through a plan of care, completed a plan of care, whatever it's called in your, in your world Mm -hmm. now. And like, she's good to go. And then the, from there, did that give you the confidence to brand yourself as a coach and perhaps to ask people from the get-go what they were looking for? Like where, where, what happened next? Yeah. I mean, it definitely made me feel more validated for sure where I was. And I think that's part of, I mean, I, I always go back to it and I think about it a lot and it's really one of those moments where I use it as a reason to just keep going. Like even when I had crickets, like all winter long, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you have crickets in the winter anyway, like there's holidays and all kinds of other stuff going on and whatever. But I just kind of use it as like, okay, well, clearly, like, if this person said this to me, there has to be other people out there thinking that they just don't, they're not ready. Or Mm -hmm. like, they're too afraid to say it, or maybe they have other commitments or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, well, I think, you know, there are lurkers, and I'm just going to keep going, because I'm just going to, I'm going to hold on to what she said to me, and I will never forget it. And I'll just hold on to it to just keep me going. Um, And that's kind of, you know, part of my motivation to just keep trudging through the trenches, man. I love this. I want to keep going with this. I'm I'm cognizant of the time, so we'll wrap up soon. But part of the reason that I wanted to bring Sarah on is I do believe we attract what we are, not necessarily what we want. Uh, So unless hopefully what you want is what you are, then you're in luck. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I was hoping and bringing Sarah on that if any of you out there are feeling this way, you're in the beginning phases and you're looking to connect with somebody, you can connect with Sarah. I was kind of, when she brought it up in the, in the mafia, I was like, oh, cool. I want to bring someone on that Sarah could connect with. And then I was like, well, she volunteered. So let's let you be, let's let her be the leader and attract others like her. Cause I think that, you know, if you want to change, if you want something different, if you want something done, go and do it. If we wait, Mm -hmm. it probably never gets done. So, you know, when you want to, if you want to be around a group of people, your best bet is to start that group as opposed to just being like, I hope one gets started. So if there are folks out there who are like you, they're in these beginning phases, they're in the trenches, they want someone else to talk to, they want to talk about the challenge they just ran. How can they connect with you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at saradone.strengthcoach. No longer PT. Yeah. When did you change that, by the way? Um, honestly, after I listened to that episode with you okay. and Sean, because then I connected with Sean on Instagram, Love or it. maybe, I don't know if it was him or somebody else that was like messaging me through Active Life. And very likely it was him. Okay. And he said, are you doing physical therapy? And when he said it to me, I was like, no. And then I thought, 
Well, my freaking handle says physical yeah. therapy. So people probably think I'm doing physical therapy. That's kind of confusing. Yeah. And so I changed it. And I also changed my bio to PT turned coach mm-hmm. to try to help mm-hmm. people like put that together as well. I like it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like a few months ago or something. I, I love it. There's so much value. So we will link that in the show notes, by the way, folks, and you can connect with Sarah Slide in the old DMs. Uh, but I want to riff with what she just said. There's so much value in iterating, in trying to find a name and trying to better describe it because eventually you will land on what it is that you want to say, or you start a, a conversation that somebody else says that you're like, yes, that is the thing. But until you take that step forward, like if Sarah hadn't changed her name, there's no room for someone to to start a conversation because it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, we're st- we're at this this basic thing. So taking the chance, taking the step forward iterating on things that creates opportunities for growth and for new things. So I'm, it's also for me, a very big deal that you change your name. So I want to commend you on that. Like that doesn't, or maybe other people are like, Oh, it's no big deal, but uh, it is a pretty big deal. So good on you, you for, for doing that. Thank good you. Yeah. Dude, Thank would you. you go in person? Would you do coaching in person? Is that a thing? Would yeah, I would do it in person. I just don't know where I would do it. Just wondering, and what would that look like? Like, what is it actually that you're offering online right now in terms of coaching? What does that look like? Yeah, so what I'm doing is sitting down with somebody and, you know, from beginning to end asking them, you know, what are your goals? Like, what's going on here? What resources do you have available? Um, how do you want to get to, like, what What do you want to do to get to those goals? Um, what is your preferred workout? What is your preferred... Um, Cause I also do, you know, nutrition stuff too. Like okay. what is your preferred way of eating? What is your preferred way of track? Like I just sit down have a conversation with people, try to get to know who they are and like what they really like. Um, then, you know, this is all virtual zoom. So I do a mm-hmm. zoom. Um, and then like right now I have, so I have a client that I'm doing mostly workout programs with, but like we talk about um, nutrition and protein intake and, you know, tracking and, and that sort of thing. And she's a college student. So oh, wow. it's um, tricky for her to, cause she's doing like the, she has like the college meals, right? Yeah, so 100%. it's really tricky for her, for her nutrition. So we're, you know, sitting down and going over different ideas of like ways that she can get her protein in and ways that she can eat more, you know, healthy whole foods. Um, and she takes me to the gym with her, which is really fun. I love oh, it cool. so much. So like my um, uh, sessions with her, my one-on-one sessions are like us talking about like, I'm just like, you know, what do you want to do today? Or what do you want me to look at? Or what exercise have you been wanting to do that you're not sure if you want to do it? I mean, all of this is like aligned with goals, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not just doing random shit. Okay. 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 Um, and then I program for, you know, the week. Like after okay. I talk to her, I, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like a hybrid between physical therapy and coaching. Okay. Well, I'm like looking at somebody assessing them. So I have my PT brain on and I love using my PT knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it like assessing form and, you know, giving cues and this and that. And then I write the workout program based off of her goals. Um, I just use Google Excel. It works cool. for me right now. I just yeah. don't have the monies to do a, an app. Dude, so. I was sending stuff to people in the beginning. It was like yeah. just in an email. Yeah, just Google. I there share a Google sheet. I love it. Her. 
and she can add that notes works. to it. Um, I add notes to it. I have a bunch of different, like I have, you know, each tab is like week, you know, one, week two, week three. Yep. Um, I'm trying to build my YouTube more so that my YouTube has all of the exercises that I want people to do on my YouTube so that I can, because I was linking like other people's exercises yeah. and these workout plans. And I'm like, it why am I noting other yep. people? Yep, yep, yep. It's like, you need to take a day and it's like, write the thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. I mean, it's things. it's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of time, but uh, it's worth it because I like seeing my exercises on my YouTube <laughs> percent. Um, so then, yeah, we just have weekly. I mean, it depends on the person. You know, some people I do weekly, I do biweekly, whatever works for their schedule. And also like in terms of like competence and confidence and the, the gym and the workout program and what they're showing me, like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like we can go every other week or we can go weekly. Like I do it very, it's very, very PT coach hybrid. There you go. For sure. Um, and then my, you know, nutrition, I do just I could, I do coaching plus nutrition or just nutrition or just coaching and you can mm -hmm. mix and match whatever you want to do. And my other client, she's just nutrition right now. So, okay. um, uh, we, it's a very loose plan. I give her guidelines. She's actually one of those people that just likes to write things down in a, in a journal and that's how she likes to track. And so I'm like, just do that thing. Oh, and, that works. Um, if you have questions or you want me to critique your, you know, tracking or whatever, send me a picture of it. Um, and again, we're just talking about, you know, macros, like what the heck they even are, what you should be eating, mm -hmm. how many calories, mm -hmm. what you should be doing to, you know, make your workouts better, et cetera, et cetera. So sorry, that was like a no, really long, long not at all. <laughs> this is what I want. I want people to hear, hear different options for where people are at in the beginning. Absolutely. If you're just, you don't need to be doing the most when you're first starting out. I did the same thing when I was first starting out. I was sending other people's videos. I was making basically word docs and linking things and sending that out because it gets the job done and mm -hmm. it works. So my question for you, I got a few more questions and then, uh, then we'll wrap it up. But would you, uh, Right now, when people are coming in, it's kind of based off of their needs. Do you foresee yourself niching down and uh, working with people who have like specific types of goals? Is it like, you know, are their physique goals or people that have performance goals or are you cool? You think you'll be with this like kind of this more nebulous, just general goals? I mean, right now I'm cool with the nebulous because I take totally. anything I can get, right? Totally. Obviously. Absolutely. I would like to niche down at some point. I would never want to do physique stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm way more into like performance, strength. How are you feeling? Like living a healthy, like long, fulfilled, quality life. And um, not, I'm totally not into physique. And Yeah, it's not you. Like, 100%. Yeah. It's 100%. just not. I don't like it. I don't want to know more about it. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's I'm for those cool. of you folks listening uh, around the edges here. Super valuable. One, when you're first starting out, absolutely, we take whatever we can get, and then we start to learn from it. And then, as soon as you start to get a little bit of traction, start to get a little bit of traction. I would recommend trying to niche down because the argument can be made that people aren't getting traction because they aren't niched down, and so folks are like you know, well, you're for everyone. So you're not for me. The yeah. the counter to that is when we're first starting out with family and friends, that trust factor, because they know you is what attracts them. 
as we enter the online space, people don't know you, then yeah, niching down and being like, this is the specific problem I solve is very helpful because you don't have the trust already. Like, you know, family and friends are buying because it's you. They trust you. They know you. They don't really know necessarily even what you even do, but they're like, I know Sarah and she, she is kind and I want her to help me as we go into the, you know, people we don't know, then yeah, it is nice to, to kind of niche down. And I love what Sarah said. One of the best ways to niche down, the best things to niche down around is things that you actually like, the ways that you actually are, things that you actually do. So Sarah casually threw out there before about having a 405 pound deadlift <laughs> goal. And that's not my goal. That's Sarah's actual goal. She yeah. threw it out there and I was like, but this bitch is serious about that because I watch her stories and I watch her trying to do these things. I could totally see you going towards that side of things where it's women who want to fucking lift and get stronger or people who want to lift and get stronger. But that type yeah. of goals, because it's where you're at. It's what you do. You I want. will say too, if I could say, um, I went back home in the fall and I had this like really weird experience where people that I know from back home were like, oh, I see what you're doing online. I'm like, that's really cool. But like, I would never do that. And they were people who were like, mm -hmm. totally not my ideal client. Um, so like, at first yeah. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, but actually you probably do. Number two. And then number three, I was like, you're not even my fucking ideal client anyway. Why do I care? Like what you're saying? <laughs> but then I'm like, you know, it's weird. And then I was like, okay, but like, also, like, if you've seen, like, I, I also want to attract everybody because I want to make money. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But I was just like, okay. This well. is real. The thing, this is why I wanted to bring you on. I'm so glad that you uh, volunteered because of that. That stuff that just came out of your mouth that was in your brain is real that is what people experience and they're like but i want everyone to like me because i want to help people and also i want to make money but the reality is not everyone will like you and not everyone should like you and i i get that in saying that people are like but wait what meaning that they shouldn't be like oh i want to do that thing they can still like you and be like yeah sarah's cool but like I'm not trying to lift 400 pounds. Like I know for a fact, you brought up LCK uh, earlier. We've had her on the podcast as well, folks. Uh, Courtney, thank you if you link that episode. Uh, we brought up LCK. I know plenty of people that look at those workouts because I do Paragon. I'm a Paragon athlete. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it. And people are like, that's too much. I don't want to do that. They're fine with LCK. Like they like her, but what she's delivering, what her and Brian Borstein are delivering, it's not for them, which- right is necessary because we want it to be for someone. And when we try to be for everyone, we miss the mark in being remarkable for someone. Right. So I love that you shared that just now, Sarah, because it's so real. That's so, so, mm -hmm. so, 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 so real. Like it's so, so real. And I know that I can say these things. I mean, I'm on the other side of things and, you know, it's easy to come out and, and say these things, but it's not as easy when you're in it. And mm -hmm. when you're, you're trying to get traction and maybe you're not getting as much validation about the fact that what you are doing has value and is good. So you're like, but I just want people to like it. And like, I love doing this and I want to help people. And like, fuck. So yeah, that's, it's, that's it's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Nah, this is super, super, super good. Let me just boom, boom. Can you second to last question, Sarah, mm -hmm. what would be, and we kind of said it before, but I want to, push you to go a little bit deeper with it what would be or who would be your ideal client this has changed so good. much good um 
when I took the, when I did the mafia, I don't know, uh, or the Instagram intensive, I think with mm-hmm. your, um, the, the, the FT3, FT3 oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. FT3. Um, it was like a middle-aged male CrossFit athlete. Awesome. And, but now mm-hmm. I'm like more like a mid twenties, early thirties female who just wants to get strong as shit. There Cause that's go. who I am. Yep. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that's my ideal client is somebody who just wants to get strong and feel strong and feel empowered by lifting fucking heavy weights. I love it. What do you think really facilitated that change? Those are two very different demographics. I know. So different. I think because when I first did the FT3, I was still working in the clinic. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like my favorite patients were those middle-aged guys who came in that are like, yeah, I'm doing CrossFit, but I just have like this shoulder thing and I just want to be able to snatch without shoulder pain. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah, like let's do this. And those are my favorite patients that I had. Uh, It was, they were fun. They were different than like the typical person that was coming in the clinic. And like, that's my jam is weightlifting. Um, And so then I think after being out of the clinic and, you know, working with the clients that I've worked with and the things that I'm like seeing online and the interactions that I'm having with people, I just like, I don't, it's just changed that now I'm like, I know as a woman, how it feels when you're starting out working out what it's like during your workouts, what it's like going to the gym, like all of the pressure and the eyes and like the weird shit that happens in the gym when you're a woman. Um, And then I also like love that feeling of being really strong and like really shocking people because you're a woman, you know, you're so strong. And then people are like, Oh my God, like you're a woman. Are you sure? And I think (laughs) also too, part of it is because I'm just so hard headed that I've had so many men tell me, Oh, you shouldn't lift heavy like that. You got to be careful. Mm. Like that will break down your body. That's going to hurt you. Like you're so fragile. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you. I want to lift heavy weights. Don't fucking tell me how to live my life. And I think that's kind of part of it too, is just having that like rebellious attitude of like stick it to the man and like, don't fucking tell me. Like share that, that right there, share that because that's going to attract your ideal client. Period. You're right. Like we definitely share the education and give people things to try, but we share it in a way that is uniquely ours. And you just said it right there. Your experience, you know, is your expertise with that. And that will attract in this case, what you are. And that is what you want, right? Cause you want more of those people. I love that you outlined that journey though. So for those of you listening, if your avatar is changing, that is normal. It's fine. Go with it. Especially, so, uh, Courtney, if you could link the FT3, the FT3 folks is a download that I have, and it is a pretty comprehensive, uh, we'll call it a workbook on how to niche down. And I, it's called FT3, meaning first this, then that. And it's broken into two sections. And one of them is this, which is what are you currently doing right now? And then that, which is what do you want to be doing? Sarah is a perfect example of she was currently in an environment where, yeah, her ideal client was that middle-aged CrossFit person, for sure. As she realized that environment wasn't for her, she moved into a the, that category of like, hey, I'm working for myself. Who do I actually want to be 
helping. And now we have this new avatar. So if that's you, one, check out, you know, download the FT3, give it a shot, see, see if it helps you. But also if you find yourself, you know, going through this evolution of, of clientele, understand that that's totally normal, embrace it. And then if you're trying to use, especially if you're trying to use the online space, double down on how you show up because that's who you're going to attract, period. period. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. This is like super helpful to hear from, from you and hear from people because you're in it right mm -hmm. now. And the coolest part, Sarah, is that you're in it, but everything you've said thus far, yes, it's hard. It's real. This isn't easy. It takes a long time. It's slow. It's not what you expected. But every sentence that you've said, you end it with like, but I see the light, but there's the next thing, but I'm looking at this, but I've learned all of this. There's such a positive spin to what everything you said. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Cause it could also be the other way. We were like, fuck this shit. So, <laughs> I mean, I've had those thoughts. I'm like, Oh shit, maybe I should just give up on this. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, look, a, a huge part of that positivity truly is the mafia. I mean, it, re it really is like, I don't know if your doors are open or if people are allowed in or whatever. The heck is yeah, I know a guy, send me a DM if you're interested <laughs> folks listening. But, We're going to open yeah, up in April. But, if you're listening to this, like the mafia changed, it just changed my life. I mean, the Instagram intensive that you do too, like, I'm just going to like shamelessly like drop all of the shit that you do because I mean, it has, you really taught me to like switch, like flip the script, switch the narrative, like have this outlook on it instead of this like really shitty, like poor me outlook, like just flip the script. Like it'll be okay. So awesome. I mean, it's all the mafia and the and the Instagram intensive. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the honesty of the both and where it's like you can flip the script. It also still sucks, but you can flip the script. And I'm gonna be completely honest with everyone listening to this, because Sarah said, you know, there's been times where she's like, "Fuck it, maybe I should stop." That's also a very real possibility. And if you're listening to this and you're like, "Yo, like, fuck it." I want to be done, then be done. Right? Life is too short to be doing shit you hate. I, I'm mm -hmm. going to speak for Sarah, and then I'll let her speak, but I, I'm assuming she continues to go, keep moving forward despite it being hard because she wants to be doing this. I mean, I have been at those lows that I'm like, shit, maybe I need to go back into the clinic and mm -hmm. make some money. And then I open up ZipRecruiter or Indeed or whatever, and PT jobs pop up and I have a visceral yeah. reaction to it that I'm like, oh, hell no, yeah. I can't. And yeah. then I just double down on my business because I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I cannot go I back. It. I love it. You folks so. listening, you have so many options. You can reach out to Sarah, you know, commiserate and, and also prop each other up. You could do hybrid model. You could get a job doing something else. I can work at Costco. Uh, you could do a home health. You could like Sarah said, double down on your business. You have so many options. My goal in bringing Sarah on was for you to hear the reality and hear from, from someone who's in it and going through it right now. And then you get to go forward and, and you know take what serves you, leave the rest, make the decision for yourself and connect with somebody else who's directly in it if that's something that would serve you 
right now. So uh, 100%, get- reach out to me if you have questions, concerns, or somebody it. that you want to cry to, you can cry to me. I love it. I love it. Thanks. Or collaborate with. Or collaborate with. We got that, right? It doesn't have to be negative. It could be a good thing. Let's talk about, you know, think about uh, lateral networking. It's actually incredibly, incredibly helpful thing to do. So reach yeah. out to Sarah. We got uh, all of her information in the show notes. Uh, before I misspoke, I said, I want to circle back to that about the mafia. Uh, I think I'm going to do an official doors open in May, but uh, I know a guy. So if you're like, but I got to be in right now, just DM me and we'll see. But uh, I'm going to do probably an official opening in uh, in May. But bringing it back to right now, because I'm watching the time. And so we're going to wrap it up. I got a final question for you. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to leave the people with? Um, I have a lot on my mind, but share it. Um, gosh, that episode, that podcast that you did with Sean was like really spoke to me. And one thing that he said was, if there is something that you're willing to do for free, it is the one thing that you need to be charging people for. And that spoke to me so much because I. I'm like, man, I, if I could just help people for free, I would help people for free and like not even ever hound them for money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like really hit me hard, but I love that. I mean, just keep going. And I mean, you just, you really do. You just got to keep going. You got to put your head down. You got to figure out that thing that you can keep next to you or in the back of your mind, that's going to help you keep going. Like, Whatever small wins you have, just hold on to those. Just really hold on to them and hold them close and keep those small wins to help you keep trudging. I love it. Really. Love and it. keep your head down. Don't yeah. don't look at what other people are doing. You know, um, mind your business and do what you came to do. I mean, really, that really is what it is. Like you just gotta put your head down, hold those small wins close to yourself and just keep trudging. That's it. That's it. Mind your business. Do what you came to do. And if you need a little help, reach out to Sarah. She got you. Always. Folks can get yes. to it together. Sarah, this was dope. I knew it would be dope. It's your first fucking podcast and you crushed it. Well, thank you go. for having me on. There's nobody else I'd rather do it with. This is so good, man. Like, could you, you like, it's just so cool for me to think about the trajectory of things, the evolution of things, the journey, like, I literally remember talking to you at CSM and like the fucking mm-hmm. carpet floors and the convention is freezing in there, the convention center. I was just like this little baby PT. I, I came to you. The reason I was talking to you is because you were po- you were just so convicted and like what you were saying on Instagram. I loved it so much. And I fucking hated ultrasound at the time. And I like came to you and I was like, I sent you a message on Instagram about ultrasound in my clinic and how I hate everybody uses it. And then you inspired me to get articles and show the evidence. And I don't know. I was just a weirdo. baby PT. It's so good. And now here we are recording a podcast. I fucking love it. So thank you. Thanks for always being super dope and giving me a chance to have a voice. You are so, so, so welcome. I am always grateful to hear what you have to say. So keep sharing it. I appreciate you, lady. Thank you for coming on, for real. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure thing. You folks listening, thank you. 
I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly appreciative. What am I gonna what am I gonna ask you for today? A few things. Number one, if you like the episode, you're picking up what we're putting down. Please do me a solid and share this one. I know that there are a lot of people that are in this position and they feel alone. They feel like they're doing something wrong. They feel like they got it backwards. They feel like everybody else is succeeding and thriving and just running away with things and has it easy except for them. Do me a solid and share this episode. Second thing and the last thing that I'm going to ask, if you like this episode, if you're picking up what we are putting down, do me a solid and reach out to Sarah and just let her know how you felt about the episode. Say hello. Send her some good vibes. Whatever you want, just give her a little shout out. That would be dope. Okay, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Dr. Sarah Doan and Maestro 